I had the, had the miscue this morning. Uh, I love these services because we get to all kind of be together, and there are many of you who go to the first service that don't know people in the second service, many of you in the second service that don't know people in the first service, and it's always fun uh, just to kind of uh, mix things up. Also, uh, I just noticed a lot of people here from out of town, family and friends, that uh, uh, maybe you're from another state or from another city, and you're coming to uh, just be with family over the holidays, and uh, it's always good to see all of you here uh, uh, as well. Uh, don't miss tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to have our candlelight service. I look forward to this service. Uh, I mean, every year I look forward to our candlelight service. It's a wonderful time. We're going to be uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper together. And uh, there won't be a sermon. It'll mainly just be uh, a lot of singing and, uh, you know, of course, an explanation of the Lord's Supper. Uh, but just a time for us to get together tonight and continue to wor worship Jesus, who is absolutely worthy of our praise. Amen. He is worthy of our praise, and not just around Christmas time, uh, but all the time. Jesus is worthy of our recognition. Uh, he is worthy of our praise. But there's obviously something special about Christmas. Uh, remove all the commercialization, uh, remove all of the traditions that we have built around Christmas, and behind it is something very, very important that we worship and that we celebrate and that we believe about who Jesus is. And so today, I, I want to read a scripture today, and this is the, 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 the last of three of, of a three-sermon series called King Jesus. I want to read a passage today in Matthew chapter 1, and um, I, I guess this will be more like an extended devotion this morning than it will be uh, a sermon like you're normally accustomed to hear, and a full-length sermon uh, like you're normally accustomed to hearing. I, I just want to read this passage in Matthew chapter 1 uh, where it talks about, uh, talks about the birth of Christ and gives us really three important principles of why we celebrate Christmas, three very foundational beliefs that we hold as Christians about Christ that really inform why we celebrate Christmas. And uh, these three things are going to be very simple to state, but they're very they're very deep whenever we begin to reflect upon them. And of course, uh, time was not going to allow us to, us to do that here this morning. Uh, but I hope as I just state some of these things very simply, I hope that maybe these could be some things that you could think about uh, tonight, tomorrow, just as you celebrate Christmas, as you're with your family, as you seek to remember the reason for the season, maybe these could be some things that you could meditate upon and think deeply about. Uh, so first, let me read our passage in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. And as is our custom, I just want to ask you to stand with me uh, as I read this text. And as we just give full attention to the Word of God and what God tells us uh, about really why we celebrate Christmas. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 18. says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, 
For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this great passage that records the birth of your son, Jesus, who came to live upon this earth, became man, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for what we've read here today, and I pray that you would encourage your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I guess you could say the companion passage to this event in Matthew chapter 1 is found in Luke chapter 1, or maybe chapter 2, uh, where the angel, uh, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary. Uh, Matthew records an angel appearing to Joseph. Luke records an angel that appeared to Mary. Both of those stories pretty much say the same thing, and uh, really is God bringing the, these two young people together simply because of the baby that was conceived in, uh, uh, in Mary's womb. Now, whenever we think about this scenario, whenever we think about this situation, uh, this must have been very hard for them, must have been very, very uh, difficult for them. And there's lots of things that we could say about this story and talking about angels and proclamations and things like that. I, what I want to do today is I just want to give you three simple uh, yet profound uh, but, but certainly basic truths about Jesus and about who he is that I feel like informs why we celebrate Christmas. And uh, the first fact is that Jesus was and is Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. Uh, this child that was being born before, uh, before this child had ever grown up, before it had, uh, had ever been born, before, uh, before Jesus had ever done anything in this world, before he ever died on the cross for our sins, it was proclaimed that he was the long-awaited Messiah and that he was going to be our Savior. And uh, this is important to note because it's, it's not because of something that he did after he was born. He was the Savior, the long-awaited Savior that had been promised in Scripture uh, all, throughout, uh, all throughout the Old Testament. And in this companion passage that I mentioned a moment ago in Luke, Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 32 through verse 33, um, it says that he will be the son, I'll just read this to you, it will, he will be the son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him his, the throne of David, we talked about that the last couple of weeks, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is what the angels said to Mary and Luke, uh, which was a quote from Isaiah, which is what I mentioned last week. 
Now, this is pretty significant that this child was going to accomplish these things and, and do these things. I don't know of any mother or any father that doesn't want their child to grow up and accomplish great things. Uh, and you can imagine that Mary and Joseph, whenever they heard these things about this child that hasn't even been born yet, uh, they probably didn't really uh, know how to interpret it. Uh, but suffice it to say, at this point, that the Bible clearly says that Jesus is our Savior. And that's one of the things that we celebrate around Christmas, that there is no other Savior to be found except Jesus. This is a principle about our faith that some people find offensive. Uh, some people say that we're narrow-minded and we're bigoted and uh, that we're hardcore because we believe that it is only through Jesus that someone can be saved. But we didn't make this up. The Bible just clearly states that there is no other name given under heaven uh, by which men can be saved. Jesus himself, he even said, there uh, is no one that comes to the Father except through me. This is a fact that is worthy of our celebration around Christmas time. It's, there's such a temptation for us to look for other things in this world and other things in this life to fulfill us or to somehow save us from all of our problems. But one of the promises of, of, of Christmas is that Jesus is our Savior, and apart from Him, there is no other Savior. Uh, what, what do you look to in this life to rescue you during hard times and during troubles? What do you think will fix you? That's a question that every person should ask themselves and really, really consider. What, what are the things that I believe will fix my life? When I have problems or when I have struggles, what is it that is going to make everything better? And sometimes we turn to evil, sinful things uh, to somehow cover over our problems. But more often than not, we choose, we choose a Savior in this world. We think, well, if we could just you know, get a good job, or if we could just make enough money, or if we could just work things out with our family, or if we could just fix our health, we, we look to all of these functional Saviors in the world, but none of them can truly fulfill our heart. Jesus is the only one that can save. If you're facing a problem today, if you're struggling with something, if you have some major issue in your life, Jesus was and still is the Savior that you need to turn to. So that's the first fact. I want you to think about that. If you're, if you're already saved, if you already know Jesus, this Christmas season, I hope that you'll just, I don't know, you'll just rejoice in the fact that you have a Savior, that you have somebody that died for your sins, somebody that paid for uh, all of your shortcomings and all of your failings. If during this Christmas season Jesus is not your Savior, that's something that's worthy of you to consider and think about. Do I really believe in Christmas? Do I really believe in Jesus? Do I really believe He is who He said He was and who the Bible said He was? Christmas time is a great time to come to know Jesus as Savior. So that's the first thing that we celebrate about Christmas is that Jesus is our Savior. Secondly, Jesus was God. Jesus was God. He still is God. You know, He couldn't be our Savior if He wasn't God. You know, there's some people that don't believe that. There's some people that believe Jesus was just a good person. 
Uh, there's, even some, there's even people that celebrate Christmas um, that don't even, don't, even really, don't even really believe in Jesus at all. Um, but the Bible says some very specific things in this text that we read and other places about Jesus. Uh, so, for example, in this text uh, that I read, the Bible talks about how Jesus was going to be uh, uh, conceived from the Holy Spirit. And that his name was going to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. The main point of this passage that we read this morning in Matthew, this, this angel that appeared to Joseph, was that the lady that he was, that he was betrothed to, though she was a virgin, she conceived a human child from the Holy Spirit, and that child was God. A human being, but also God. Now, this is a mystery that Jesus was spirit-conceived. The Bible says that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. An angel appeared to Joseph and said that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. An angel appeared to Mary and said the same thing, that that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is a miracle that's hard for us to really explain and wrap our minds around. Now Luke does give us, and we're, we're, I'm not going to read this today, but Luke gives us a little more of an explanation. He uses the word overshadow because Mary said, how can this be? I can't be pregnant. I'm a virgin. And the, and the angel says to her that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. We don't know exactly what all that entails and what that means, but the word overshadow means to envelop in a cloud. And this virgin conception of Christ is the very basis by which we affirm the truth that Jesus was God, that he was in fact God, that Joseph had absolutely nothing to do with the conception of Jesus. And like I said a few weeks ago, did not contribute one blood cell, one, one strand of DNA uh, came from Joseph uh, to make Jesus. It was a work of God that made that, made that happen. And so Jesus' divinity, the fact that he's God, is affirmed in a lot of places in Scripture. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of people that don't believe this. There's a lot of people that uh, have, have some different beliefs about these things. Um, but all throughout Scripture, you know, we have instances like where uh, 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 Thomas worshipped Jesus and Jesus accepted that from him. Even though the Bible says that you're to worship God only, Jesus was accepting worship from Thomas. When doubting Thomas said, my Lord and my God, Jesus received that and accepted that. When we look through Romans, we see affirmations, Titus, Hebrews, 2 Peter. I could put a lot of verses on, on, on the screen today that affirm that Jesus was God, that Jesus has the attributes of of God, and in the text that we read today, said that his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, like I said, some people don't believe that. Some people believe in certain heretical teachings, uh, such as adoptionism, that says that Jesus became God at some point in his earthly life. Uh, there's also um, 
There's also an, an, another one that says that, that, uh, that God the Father created Jesus before the foundation of the world, or that somehow there's, there's, there's this person named Jesus, and he's kind of a little bit higher than the angels, but a little bit lower than God, and none of this fully comprehends what we believe about Jesus, that he was and that he is 100% God in the flesh. That's worthy of celebrating at all times, but especially around Christmas. Maybe that's what you need to affirm in your heart this Christmas season, that Jesus is in fact God. Not just a good person, but was in fact God. Now this last fact, this third fact that I want to share with you today, is one that we don't think about and talk about a lot, but every year around Christmas, I always try to make this point, that Jesus was, and in some mysterious way still is, man. Now you're like, well, hold on now, wait, wait just a minute. I thought, Jesus, I thought you just said Jesus was God. Yes, Jesus was God. And so you're also saying Jesus was man. Yes, Jesus was man. Jesus was a real, live human person. Jesus, in this text that we read in Matthew, Jesus was born just like every other human being was born. Uh, 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 there's so many words that are used in this text to talk about how Mary was his mother. Um, he was a real, live human being. He was a human person that you could talk to, that you could interact with. He had flesh and bone just like me and you. He even experienced temptation just like you and I do. The Bible even goes so far as to say that he was tempted in every way as we were, yet without sin. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, wait a minute. He didn't sin, so therefore he wasn't really human. But doesn't that skew the fact of what a human being really ought to be? Just because it is common that every human being sins and is under the curse of sin does not mean that that's the way that God created us as human beings to live on the earth. He did not create us to have the disease of sin in our life. There's only one person. Don't miss this. There's only one person that ever lived a perfectly human life. And that was Jesus. It was a perfect human life. It's not like he was God, but he was not human. And it's certainly not like he was some superhuman that we, are, we were, were never able to become. He was a better human being than all of us were. Listen, this is the, at the very core of why we celebrate Christmas. God became man. 
Now, this itself is a mystery. He didn't cease to be God, but he took upon flesh and became man. This is the very pinnacle of what we celebrate at Christmas, that our God identified with us. Can you find any other God, pagan God, false God, or any other religion that has these types of claims? They don't exist. This is unique to who we are as Christians, which is why it is so important that we remember these things all the time, but especially at this time of year around Christmas. By the way, there are some ancient heresies and some not-so-ancient heresies that claim that Jesus wasn't really human. He just kind of looked human. Uh, another her heresy says that uh, Jesus was human, but not totally. Um, he, had, he didn't really have a human mind or will or spirit. There's other people that says there were two separate people in Christ. There was a human person and a divine person. There's some people who were just too smart for their own good, and so they end up coming up with things that are really, really wrong about the, the, the simple message that Jesus was God and that he was man. This is why we follow him. This is why we follow him. This is why you and I, as believers, we seek to be like Jesus. Not because we're trying to imitate his divinity. We do try that sometimes, though. We try to be sovereign of our own lives whenever God's sovereignty is not an attribute that he ever told us that we're to try to imitate. We like to try to think that we're all-knowing, we're all-powerful. All those are attributes of God. We follow Christ and we seek to imitate him because he was the perfect human being and he showed us what that looked like. He showed us his love. He showed us his humility. He showed us his gentleness and his kindness. He showed us his, his relatability. He showed us what it meant to be patient. And we look at these qualities about him, and though, that's, that's, that's the person that we want to become. We don't look at Jesus and say, well, he was divine God, and he, he preached all those great sermons and performed miracles, and so I want to have that power and that knowledge. No, we look at Jesus and we say, the way that he lived, I want to be Christ-like. I want to be like him because he was God with us. And the really great news in this is that whenever Jesus was raised from the dead, he took his human body with him. That his bones are not on the earth anymore. His flesh did not deteriorate. His body did not rot in the grave. When he rose from the dead and when he ascended to the Father, he took his human body with him. And one day you and I, one day you and I are going to do the same thing. One day you and I, we don't know when it's going to happen. One day we also are going to be bodily raised from the dead. And when we are, and when we're taken to heaven, we are going to be more like him than we ever have been before. This curse of sin that has fallen upon each and every human being except for Christ is going to be removed from us. It's going to be gone. You're not going to lie anymore. You're not going to cheat anymore. You're not going to be scared anymore. 
You're not going to commit any of those sins anymore. All those negative emotions that that plague your life, they're all going to be gone. You're never going to cry again. You're never going to be scared again. You're never going to be hurt again, emotionally or physically. You are going to be able to live a perfect life as a human being in eternity, in some mysterious way, God's going to make all of this new and you're going to be able to live the life that God intended you to live where sin is not around any longer. That is worthy of celebrating around Christmas time. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is God. Jesus was man. I want you to ponder those things. As you can see, there's so much more that we could say about all three of those things. I I want you to ponder those things this Christmas season. And I want you to think, think deeply about your relationship with Jesus. And if you're bonded with him in the way that, that, that you need to be. Let's stand and pray together, shall we? Father, you have been so good to us. You came and walked among us. You took upon flesh. And you became man. And you still remained God. And Lord, we don't fully understand and we don't fully comprehend these things. But Lord, we trust you. We trust you and we know that you're with us and you're present and that you care for us. And so, Lord, I pray for anyone here today that might need to feel your love. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that didn't fully grasp you as Savior, as God, or as God that became man. Maybe today a light bulb went off, something that they need to be thinking about in their life, and maybe they need to repent of sin. Lord, I pray that during these few moments... As we spend some time in prayer and then as we sing, I pray, God, that we would search our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that we would truly celebrate the meaning of Christmas. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You take some time to pray and just worship. Just thank the Lord.